Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Mavpuck cast with uh, Jason and John. Thank you for clicking this, for listening to us, and hopefully you find some interesting information from this. So, John, we have to start by airing some dirty laundry because as of last night, this podcast probably wasn't going to go on if I don't apologize for uh, snubbing you a little bit at the ticket event last night. It almost ended before it began. Bridget and I were standing talking to Kevin Newbauer and his wife by the skate stand at Baxter Arena. And you guys walked by and I waved at you and you just kept walking by into the arena to get your tickets. And I'm like, what the heck? Are they just like snubbing us now? So... Yeah, you're on notice, so I, I we'll see how this goes, you know? Yeah, strike one. So uh, hopefully I can get over this uh, two-minute penalty and we can uh, move on with this because we've got some good stuff to talk about today, don't we? I certainly hope so. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to be here uh, to talk with our little virtual water cooler about you know one of our favorite things in the world, which is UNO Maverick hockey and college hockey and all yeah. that uh, fun stuff as we gear up for the season. So I think it'll be great. So exhibition is probably about a week out from when this pod- podcast releases will be October 7th. Yeah. We've got Manitoba coming in, right? Always a good one. It always, anytime we play Manitoba, it takes me back to that very first game in October of 1997 when the program started and how exciting that was and how the UNO cheer spontaneously happened. And it was, it was just a great time. And that's when I totally became hooked on this and, I haven't missed a home game since, so it'll be fun. That's awesome. I was in high school. <laughs> of course, so. yes. Yeah, so just point out how much younger you are uh, than I am. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> just kind of slipped in there pretty easily. So, All right, so before we talk about the season and uh, what we expect to happen this season, I think we need to talk about some of the rule changes, right? Absolutely. They're, uh, it always is kind of a learning curve at the beginning of the season whenever they introduce new um, little intricacies into the game. So uh, a lot of these seem standard issue, but I think we should uh, give people a rundown because I don't think everybody who's uh, going to games this year is going to know what the rule changes are. So I think we should probably start with the big one. The big one is the overtime format changes. And so uh, simplify this for us. What do you What do you see as far as this overtime change? It changes, and remind me if I'm, I'm wrong on this, but it changes the uh, points with the uh, RPI. You get, you get... The formula changes. The formula changes right. if the with game pairwise. ends in a tie. Uh, the format changes if the game goes into overtime. It's the point spread for the pairwise based on if they win or lose in an overtime. Okay. The point... The point process for pairwise stays the same if the game ends in a tie because it's a 50-50 split for points. Okay. But if you lose in overtime, that's right. You still get credit in pairwise. So you get like a like a fractional tenth. Like a tenth of a yep. point. Now some people are debating because some people are like a loss is a loss. And so it shouldn't matter whether it's over in overtime or regulation. What are your Especially since it's yeah. five on five, right? Now what are your feelings on that? I mean Um, I think it could be good. It could be bad. It really depends on, um, you know, how the coaches kind of manage it. The The concern a little bit to me is that 
teams gamble a little bit too much, particularly towards the end of the season. Because obviously, if you're uh, if you're needing a bump in the pairwise, if you're one of those bubble teams, you know, 17, 18 type of team, uh, you need that that little tenth may or may not hurt you too much. It may help you actually just get you over the mark, depending on how your your competition is doing on any given night. And so they they may push a little harder in overtime. It may make for some more exciting hockey. Um, but I see exactly what you're saying. Whereas they might, you know, play it out for a tie. Mm-hmm. Here they might get a little crazy and do something in overtime to try to get the win in OT so yeah. that they could get. You know, and it's not, I. there's nothing in the rule book like NHL where if you pull your goalie in a three-on-three, you lose your chance at the guaranteed point. Okay. So that, that'll that be the interesting thing to see. I, I'm really curious to see if any team decides to do it towards the end of the year. Like, we have to get this win. We need the 90. And the 10th isn't going to matter to us, so pull the goalie in a five-on-five and run, like, four minutes of six-on-five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It would be really interesting to see that if that happened, like though. Quasi Patrick Wall and the Avs from a couple yeah, years ago, exactly. right? When he's like, "What is he doing pulling his goalie with like five minutes left in the third? And now it's, everyone does it, right? It's one of those things. When I heard about it, I'm like, "Is it really going to make that big, big of a difference. difference at the end, or is it just going to kind of be a wash?" You never know with these things. Exactly. Yeah, you never really know, and I don't think it's really going to matter at the beginning of the season. I think we'll really see this rule kind of come into play towards the end of one. With the exception of the other half of that rule, which is now kind of uh, restricting what the conferences can do if they want to go beyond the NCAA points and get a conference point out of something. Exactly, with the three-on-three and the shootout and right. and those types of rules. And I, that was one of the things Josh Fenton mentioned in his State of the Conference address uh, earlier in the week was he talked about they're going to continue to be looking at that and continue to be pushing it for that because they, they'd like the game to be a little bit more like the NHL right. and have overtime that's a little bit more similar rather than it just you know ending after that first uh, little overtime period. So, and, I, and I don't know how you feel about that. I, I think the, the shootouts and the three-on-threes and those types of things, I think they make the game more exciting, but I understand that they're concerned from the point of view of the pairwise at the end, how yeah. you... And the purest of the, I mean, these right. guys have grown up playing hockey and stuff. They're they're kind of attached to that five on five, yeah, do or die, play till we fall over kind of concept. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it works in the playoffs when you really don't want to give an edge to any you know special team or something. I mean, you saw uh, you know a few years ago when the in the Olympics when they did the shootout, the Olympics don't have the rule that you can't reuse the same player. And T.G. Oshie basically just said, I got this, guys. <laughs> Hitch a ride. And, you know, essentially just won it for the U.S. and just going over and yeah, over and exactly. over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's this there's a side of me that goes, you know, I like the the purity of like a five on five full period, you know, see it till it goes. But at the same point in time, I mean, you don't want these games going into 1 a.m., 2 a.m. when you're. No, I mean, it was kind of exciting when UNO had that happen in one of the CCHA playoffs against Fairbanks one year. And it was it was kind of exciting because you're just sitting there and you're like, don't worry, I've got all night. You guys can just play as long as you need to get past this game. But you are right. It's like it it was like a 
Penguins game, I, I an NHL Penguins game years and years ago where you just I thought I was going to you know fall asleep and wake up at two in the morning and the game was still going to be uh, going on. So yeah, you just you never know uh, how they do it. it. Fans love it. Fans like yeah. it. Um, and I would like to see them. I think if you really expect the if you expect the NCAA to be that precursor to ECHL, AHL, NHL kind of caliber talent. Uh, I think you really need to look at ma- what's the word I'm looking for mirroring as much as possible what the NHL yeah. is doing. And you know they went they went that way with the AHL. So now AHL rules now are completely the same as NHL rules because for a while there it wasn't that way. Uh, ECHL still has some of their development stuff. Some of the things that the NHL decides, hey, we want to you know experiment with this stuff. They'll typically experiment with that now. Uh, from last season on in the ECHL. So that kind of makes that. So I think college hockey really shouldn't be an experiment. It should be something that the kids can kind of plan on and expect and know that this is the format we're dealing with. And to say, hey, you know, most of these kids have dreams of being NHL players. They have dreams Absolutely. of being yeah. you know, the next Jack Gensel type of thing. So Well, I, I know. And, and I mean, the good news is they're still allowing conferences within conference play to, to have their kind of their own... Mm-hmm. Uh, additional overtime rules which i think is nice because there was some concern that that was well and it's almost needed in the nchl and nchc nchc yeah and this brings us into our next topic about talking about like you know what we expect from the avalanche or from the avalanche (laughs) can you tell which team i'm like yeah let's uh let's uh yeah let's throw in your favorite nhl team uh into the mix there phone score alert (laughs) it's hard here i get distracted by shiny things so with the NCHC, if you look at like last year and I mean, the number of teams that going into the final weekend, you could be anywhere from third to seventh, I think, in one weekend. Absolutely. And the yeah. last weekend. And so I think if you if you took that away from a conference like the NCHC, uh, you you really risk it with them, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I just remember the CCHA days when we didn't have it. And it was not only emotionally as a fan, it was a big letdown when the game just like ended after a tie. But I think that chance to earn that extra point is so huge because like you talked about, you had, what'd you have? You had North Dakota, Western Michigan, UNO, and Colorado College were all there kind of fighting for the same spot going down to the wire. And so, and yeah. Denver and Minnesota Duluth weren't yeah. finalized in their positions yeah. yet either. Yeah. So, so there was I mean, a lot of parity there that yeah. we had to deal with. And so, so what we think this year, a lot of freshmen on the team. Yes. But we also have probably one of the most experienced rosters. We're lacking in the sophomore, junior side of things. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think we get out of the Mavs this year? I think the Mavs will do well this year. I honestly, I don't think that they're a seventh place team, to be honest with you. I'm cautiously optimistic about the team just because it's Gabinette's second year behind the bench as head coach. And I don't necessarily think that the team we saw last year was a Mike Gabinette team. That still felt like a Dean Blaze team at times. So I think that they're going to be good this year. The big question mark is the defensive core on the team. How they do and how they do keeping the puck away from Evan Wenninger and Nets is a is a key concern. That to me is the 
that's me, how the team does on that. Because last year, they gave up an average, I believe, of 3.72 goals per game. And you're not going to win many hockey games, especially in this conference, doing that. So the fact that they won, what, 17, 18 games last season? It's pretty surprising with a plus three. Absolutely. Yeah. And their scoring differential between their average goals for and goals against was a pretty wide margin when you look at it. And being a, a data guy, their Corsi was pretty, pretty low. So I think for me, I'm looking for puck possession. It's not so much the defense being the defense and that kind of typical, like, can they prevent the puck from, from getting to Evan as much as it is, can we control the puck both in our zone when we're transitioning and moving it out, right? but also in the offensive zone. Absolutely. I don't think we can match up against some of these teams if we're in this run and gun game where yeah. it's tennis hockey back and forth, yeah. back and forth. <laughs> uh I, I think that's going to hurt us. I don't, I mean, I think we can have the conditioning to run something like that, but I don't know that we have the scoring prowess to win an 8 7 game. Well, and I don't know enough about Gabinet's philosophy after just one season to know whether he's, I, I, I'm assuming he's not a proponent of the Dean Blaze racehorse hockey run it up and down the ice style. But again, I don't know what his philosophy is, whether it's control it more in our offensive zone and, you know, work it around on the power play more or whether it's, you know, have that aggressive forecheck. And yeah, I mean, is it is it a Western Michigan? Is it uh, right? You know, old school North Dakota, Denver lockdown kind of format or is it, you know, the classic like. St. Cloud for a long time was the run and gun team. It was, if you could pin them in, you could beat them night in, night out. But if they got away from you, you were screwed. I mean, they were just a talented team uh, and they just run all over you. You know, Boston did that for quite a while in that just, it was all offense. It was all puck control. And the concern was, can we win by putting more putts in the net? Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of been UNO. I mean, wouldn't you agree that's been UNO's philosophy the last... Yeah, especially the the Jane Gensel, Austin Ortega kind of era there was a lot of... And and that's Dean Blaise. I mean, when he came into North Dakota, that's when North Dakota made that transition from defense first lockdown, you know, play the trap kind of thing. To a more freewheeling style of hockey. Yeah. More transition, more ebb and flow. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And I think the freshmen this year is what I'm really looking forward to watch is because I think this this core of freshmen should be at least kind of more of what Gabnet looks for in a hockey player. Yeah. Talent-wise and mindset-wise. And so to see them develop over the course of the season and see what kind of style of play they get into and how that gels with some of the older older kids i think that'll be a really yeah how that mixes dynamic. with some of those guys from like the tristan keck and the mason morelli and those mm-hmm. guys from last year it could be really interesting to see but it's like we were saying it's a big unknown so that's probably why they're ranked in the seventh spot in the preseason poll that we're in a in a league that's very very tight like we talked about before you know yeah. there's a lot of uh, two points could be the difference between home ice in the playoffs and not and well, seventh place. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you look at those teams that finished in the top four last year, and they're, I mean, even though North Dakota was a little down last year, they're still North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And they're still getting blue chip recruits in there. So that's that's the other thing to factor. UNO may be good, 
but those teams may be a little bit better. You know, that's... Yeah, it's just like Denver. I mean, Denver yeah. loses a head coach. They lose some key support staff. They lose, you know, graduating seniors. They lose their top goaltender. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, mid-year, their expected captain, although he hadn't been a- announced yet, but as far as I know from everyone in Denver, this guy was going to be he was going to be the leader of the team. And then he decides, you know what? I think I got a shot at the NHL. So right. I'm going to go sign with the, the local team and off he goes. And I mean, more, more power to the kid. Cause quite honestly, oh, absolutely, he's yeah. on the roster right yeah. now. And a chance to be there opening night. So you can't fault him too much for that. But I saw a lot of people drop the expectation for Denver at that point in time. And I'm sitting here going, I watched Denver it's for a still lot Denver, of years. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Denver. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it's Denver. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Denver is kind of always an up team, and well, and, and then you got Cairo College. You know, you got the other yeah. half of the, the 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 mirrored image of UNO is this Cairo College team that has a lot of returning players and a and lot, a lot of, of young players leadership. on that team. And mm-hmm. you you figure when those guys are juniors and seniors, I mean, they could be a. I mean, that program. I know people kind of tend to think because they've been down the last few years that they're going to be down forever. But people, that's a. That's a national championship caliber program. That's a program mm-hmm. that used to Has be a, won national yeah. championships. Yeah, not just been there, but they've actually come through. And no, there was there was a, there was a little a little uh, adjustment after Scott Owens left the program and they brought in their new coach. But I mean, I that's that's a program that I think could be very good. They've been under the radar the last mm-hmm. few seasons, but I think they could do a really good job. So you know, and with the they're getting a new rink. They are, yeah. So you've got, and I was going to say recruiting. I mean, that's to be able to go into a kid's home and say, you know, we've been down, but you know, clearly we're moving in the right direction. We're getting there, and you get this brand new facility. It's what you know got to do when Baxter came around. It's like it is because because, World World Arena. Have you been? You've been to World Arena? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice facility, but it's kind of one of those like civic facility types. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the city facility. It's a nice facility, but it'll be nice for them to have one that's dedicated in all the school colors. And yeah, it'll be well, smaller, but yeah, it'll be. And I'd like to, part of part of my concern at UNO is that they kind of had that similar uh, issue that Kara College had where your rink isn't, doesn't seem at least like it's actually on campus. Right. And so UNO is a little bit better, but at Kara College, it's amazing it's, yeah. how few students actually attend those games, and oh, it is. It's I, yeah. It's it's by it's by you know strip malls and yeah. hotels and stuff like that. So it's like out in the boonies and yeah, yeah. And you know, I any any UNO student that's listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you come out to a game and fill the, fill the section, student section because yep. it is amazing. Those guys do a great job down there cheering, and every student that shows up to every game is class act. They've won the student section fan thing. I saw that voting stuff that exactly. they won in Exactly. The and you look about yeah. the, the fact that they didn't, you know, have a student section for years. And so now that they actually have oh, one. Oh, when we were at the Clink, right? Yeah. yeah. And then at the, before when we were at the, at the uh, Civic, there Civic, was, yeah. there was nothing there. They tried it. They kind of got it going a little bit at the, at the CenturyLink Center. And now it's, I mean, it's just, it's wonderful to it's, have that. So. It's certainly better. It's, but it's. It's, you know, not, it's quite, not the it's, student yeah, section no. you get like I've been to Michigan and I've been to Michigan State yeah. and it's like those are holy cow student sections like oh my god going well, crazy nuts the, the Michigan one is insane I mean it's like it feels I mean it's basically like half of that lower part of their arena <laughs> yeah. it's just all 
people wearing maize and blue. So yeah, standing I, room and no one sits and everyone's yeah. loud and yeah, we're not quite there yet. I mean, unless it's a big game, but yeah, they'll hopefully they will get there. But it's nice to have it. So I think Colorado College will benefit from that atmosphere because you know if you look at and obviously they've been down the last few years, but if you look at that arena. It leaves something to be desired in a in a modern context. So right. So let's talk. We're talking about expectations for UNO right now. Let's go through the NCHC. We'll go bottom okay. to top. Okay. And say who you think's going to be where and who I think's going to be where. Okay. And we'll start with the eight slot, and I will get us going and say I think Miami's still the worst team in the NCAA. I think I'm they sorry. are too. And what's amazing is that program made it to like seven or eight straight. NCAA tournaments before the formation of the NCHC when they were in the CCHA. Enrico Blasi considered one of the best coaches in college hockey. Mm -hmm. And they've struggled since they've joined this conference. And I don't quite know why that is. I mean, again, it's probably a testament to the strength of this conference. So I would tend to agree at this point, but I think they might be better. A lot of their, their scores were younger, but I would say at this time, I pick eighth place for them. Sorry, sorry. Coach Blasey, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Menina going there, and it's like, I'm sorry, I love you guy, but uh, yeah, I don't think you guys are there yet. But I will say, they are a team to watch in the future. I think they're on the right trajectory. I think they're moving in the right direction. Give them a couple years, they could be a pretty dangerous team to be to be up against. So, All right, so seven. You get to take seven. Who do you got at seven? Seven's the, a... <laughs> the polls have UNO at seven right now. So is it us or... Gosh, I don't know. I'm gonna. You know, that's a good question because I was cautiously optimistic about the team a few minutes ago. But and then now I'm you're thinking, wanting to put them in seven. above? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna think. I know people are talking about how good they believe Western's gonna be with all those returning players. Um, and Wade Allison was the player who got injured last year. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna pick Western Michigan in seventh place. I'm gonna. I'm Interesting. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. I. I sometimes those two teams, the kind of the outlier teams, uh, Miami and Western. I, I feel like travel and other things affect them later in the season. So I'm going to say that that might be the difference that puts them in seventh. But like I said, it's going to be very close. So I'm going to go with Western in seventh. Some people are saying they're good enough to win the conference. So I may be completely wrong here, but I'm going seventh <laughs> with Western Michigan. Well, we got this recorded. So at the end of the year, when we do our like. <laughs> pre-tournament <laughs> podcast we're gonna we're gonna he play has this no idea back. what i'm talking yeah you got no he's got no <laughs> idea what he's talking about we're gonna come back and apologize for being completely <laughs> wrong yeah um yeah i think for me i've looked at it like four through seven for me are the teams that healthy for injured seven like it's gonna come down to right who can keep producing consistently and not have to because you can't predict it. You just get hit no. by the injury bug and you're toast. So you know, you look at that Mason Morelli uh, injury in the yeah. per, at the end Fluke of the first half the, last year, and it yeah. just it, I think it threw the team off. I mean, I yeah, but, it does. It messes it, one key guy, and I think that was Western Michigan's issue last year. Yeah, actually, losing too, Wade Allison. That yeah. way, when he went down, it did you know it not so much the production that they lost as much as I think they the, just lost chemistry the chemistry. That yeah. They lost. Uh, so I still have Carl College at seven. Okay, I think. I think they're going to be better. I think they will be a tougher team to play against. I think they win more than six games. 
Uh, I think it actually comes down to tiebreakers, and they end up losing to. It could be it absolutely my could six be. pick Omaha yeah. on tiebreakers. <laughs> so, well, I'm gonna pick Col- I'm picking Colorado College six. Six, okay. And like you said, this could be like at the end of last season where you've got three or four teams tied or within like a point of each other right there. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Colorado College six. Okay. I think they're gonna be better this year. Um, they've got their goaltender back this year. Yep. I just I think they're gonna surprise this year. Could be wrong on that, but I think they will. Okay. So five, right? Five for me. I'm going to put the Mavs in fifth place. Okay. So you're welcome, Mavs. I'm being optimistic here. I think we can finish in the, the, the top top spot of the bottom half. I think we can be right in the mix. I think Gabinette's going to have this team. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think they're going to be stronger. I think... With the veteran experience we have and some of those incoming freshmen that I'm really excited about, I think they'll be good. I think if a if a couple key things happen for the Mavs, they're going to be a team to really watch out for. Uh, I think if they play average to what I expect them to play, that's why I had them. Well, six. certainly if they if they give up. <laughs> If they can four goals, if they yeah. give up nearly four goals per game like they did last year, it may be tough when you don't have a guy like David Pope in the lineup. See, and that's the thing is, I think that unless the freshmen come out on fire, I don't see where we can score an average three seven five a game. And if we're not scoring three seven five a game, we've got to be allowing less than two a game. And exactly. in this conference, that's yeah. tough sled. It is very tough. But I'm so. being optimistic. <laughs> So we've got optimistic John and realist Jason. Yeah. So who do you on so you, who picks. do you have in fifth? So fifth, I've got North Dakota. And those the North Dakota fans are not going to be happy with you for picking them fifth. Just That's. <laughs> they didn't like me when I went there with DU. They didn't. Exactly. Yeah. They, so yeah. North Dakota fans, you're welcome. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know, North Dakota is an interesting one. the The thing with North Dakota is they find a way to find talent. So right. I looked at the, I looked at the roster and said, I don't, I don't know that I have them fifth. I had them actually lower and then thought it's North Dakota. I can't put them in. Yeah, fifth. I know that's, that's yeah. I, I, that's, that's my philosophy on it. It's North Dakota. So I, yeah. they, they find a way, obviously they've, they've lost some good players over the last couple seasons, but they're North Dakota. So, so, Fourth, I've got Denver in fourth. I think they're the last team with a home ice advantage. I think they got North Dakota coming in for the first round of the the conference playoffs. I put them there mostly just because there are a lot of chemistry unknowns. I think the talent for the team is there. The question with Denver is, can the talent gel together to find a system and a mechanic that actually works to produce both defensively and offensively, because I don't think it's just a, you know, sometimes you look at a team and you're like, you know, their defensive core solid and their offense just needs to find some chemistry or the other way around. I think top to bottom, Denver needs to figure some things out. And so I think they've got the talent enough to keep them in a home ice advantage, but I don't see them having they've the talent to They've lost some of the key players mm-hmm. from those teams the last couple seasons. So that's... The goalie being the top goal, one. goaltending. I mean, yeah. he was amazing. He stole Gillette, games for them. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah, he was Highway a great goaltender. Like... So that is probably the biggest question mark uh, that I have for them. Called Denver Police, and they told me apparently it's not allowed to report him. For but starting. I will say, I 
My fourth place pick was North Dakota. So okay, yeah. <laughs> so third, I have Western Michigan. You had them lower. Yes, I'm going to have Denver in third place. Denver in third place because it's Denver, and it's I, Denver. I think Coach Carl will do a good job with that team this year. And again, they've they've been so solid, and and maybe it's just you know maybe that's just my emotions from watching UNO struggle to them the last against them the last few seasons, but I like the Denver program. And I think they've got a lot of talent on that team. And who knows? Like you said, there are a lot of question marks and there are some holes. But I'm picking them. I'm picking them fourth or third or what? It, <laughs> third. third, third. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to shiny thing away from the whole Denver North Dakota conversation, we just got Connor to Jost for a goal. So woohoo! Denver to North Dakota for there a goal. There you go. Yeah. 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 Preseason hockey. So. <laughs> All right, so two, I've got Duluth. I think we're both down to Duluth and St. Cloud, right? Yes, and I've been... So I've got two Duluth, one St. Cloud. What do you have? And I have been saying on Twitter and Facebook that I like St. Cloud to finish first place in the NCHC, so I'm with you on St. Cloud in first and Duluth in second. Okay, so what do you think separates these two? It's, I think those two teams are really, really close. I always, there, there's part of me and it depends. Now, some some programs, you know, have been able to win back-to-back championships, but I there's part of me that wonders if there will be a bit of a letdown after having won the national title last year. And then on the flip side, you've got St. Cloud that had that disappointing loss in Sioux Falls in the NCAA tournament last year. And so their season didn't end anywhere near the way that fans were expecting. So I think that that might be a little bit of motivation for that program. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in the case of St. Cloud, the biggest question mark is the fact that Motsko leaves. And that guy is a, a right. force of personality uh, behind the bench. So it'll be interesting to see how the new coach, who is from Duluth, um, was an assistant there the last couple of years, a uh, couple few years, does. But I, I listened to his press conference. He sounds like a really impressive guy. So. Right. For me, I think the the difference between St. Cloud and Duluth was, oddly enough, watching their social media feeds and some of the chatter from some of the players, I got the feeling, at least completely third-party view, that there is more team chemistry at St. Cloud than there is at Duluth. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, Duluth has a lot of returning players, mm-hmm. so that's a key for them, but I'm kind of with you on the team chemistry. I think... A lot of times that gets overlooked by a lot of people. You know, they they look specifically at talent. They look at high draft picks and they say, oh, this team's got, you know, that draft right. pick. And I'm like, I, you know, I've been watching NHL. I've been watching hockey long enough. You know, even when when I coached in Colorado and stuff, it was, I I preached chemistry. And, and we, we messed with lines a lot just to find that. We're the two guys that just seem to have a knack right. for where each other are on the ice at any given time and once we found that we stuck with it that was my biggest problem when the the dean blaze era at uno was yeah like i swear he would change things that were working just for the sake of change and i'm sitting here going someone tape his mouth shut <laughs> you remember it was i'm he changes up lines just to change up lines and then that yeah. final series of his at western michigan in the nchc playoffs 
they didn't switch things up the second night and he's like well normally we switch things up the second night and i decided not to and then we lost maybe we should have switched things up (laughs) so so now he's like yeah thank you know i did what you guys wanted so but i completely agree there were times when the team was clicking and then it would just or lines like there was there was a while there that uh ortega and gensel were on fire and then like mid game he'd be like oh let's put jake with this guy and austin with this guy i'm like no it was kind of it was a bizarre philosophy they so score like every third time they're on the ice don't break them up i mean i'm assuming there was a method to the madness but you know honestly at this point who knows but yeah <laughs> but as fans we didn't get it whatever the method was so. I, yeah i don't think so so yeah i, I like saint cloud i just i that that freshman class of theirs last season was really good and yeah. they're gonna be good this season and, yeah and, and they're maybe, all yeah and you know the intangible of Every time you go there, you have to play in a larger sheet of ice. It is the the Olympic size sheet. It makes a it it can make it's a different down the it's it's it, difficult. It, yeah, it's it's different. It takes you know when especially when you've played you know some of these teams come in playing five six series in a row on an NHL style sheet and right. to all of a sudden be on an Olympic sheet. If you haven't skated hockey, if you haven't played hockey and jumped between the two of those, I don't think you have a really good well, understanding ask you, about what the actual difference is. Cause you're somebody who plays hockey. I don't play hockey, but you play hockey. Isn't it easy, an easier adjustment to go from the large sheet to the smaller? Is it, is it easier to go from large to smaller? It, Cause that's what I've, I've heard over the years, but I never quite knew if it was a wash, if it was just kind of six and one half, a dozen of another, or it depends on your style. Uh, you know, there were in the years of traveling between DU and CC. If you don't, if you're not familiar with that CC, that series, they typically will do like Friday and in, in Carl yeah, Springs they do like they do like a Saturday single game type of thing. Yeah, and so you get that a lot where you're like it's not week to week type of thing. Right, there's not a break. Like literally, last night we played on this size. Tonight we're playing yeah. on smaller. Uh, it did not always work out well for Kara college like you would think and i think that if you play a system that works in both of them you're it, fine it's probably better to okay. go bigger to smaller than smaller to bigger but ultimately it comes down to can you transition because if you can transition from defense to offense effectively not not necessarily quickly because north dakota in their tight checking years they would I mean, they would do just fine at St. Cloud's and Cairo Colleges and Michigan's and things like that. So they did fine on the bigger sheet. And and it's because they were effective at what they were doing. They knew that the puck needed to be here and the player needed to be there. And the puck and the player were there every time. And so I think if you get if you get the right system, you get the right players that are committed to that system, it really doesn't matter. But it does from a player's perspective. There you for the, and you have to have the conditioning, especially going to Colorado College. Because, yeah, because not you have only so you have much more ice to work with. Yeah. And you're at 5,000 yeah. feet. Like, Absolutely, yeah. You've got the thin air uh-huh. and the bigger ice sheet. So. And you're getting dehydrated and you're getting tired and your yeah. shifts are too long. And yeah. And it, it all depends on how much depth your team has. So. so I think we're at the end of the podcast. I think one thing before we go, since we've picked the NCHC... Yes. And the NCHC the last few years has been kind of the team to beat in the they, overall Frozen Four. The, yeah. They've been the toughest, I mean, we've toughest had conference. Yeah. Multiple teams in the Final Four. and Absolutely. So who do you think one pick for the team that's going to win everything this year? 
in the Frozen Four. The the national championship end of the year standing, raising the trophy. Well, not drinking beer because most of these kids aren't old enough. <laughs> You know what? Let's go with Minnesota Duluth repeating as national championship. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to finish first in the NCHC, but they can win. Scott Sandlin is a fantastic coach. And I think the veteran coach who's got the experience getting a team there and the players on that roster who have experience getting there, I'm going to go with our conference mate. I'm going to go with Duluth. An to NCHC win it all. repeat. Yes. Very interesting. I, you know, there's a lot of teams I want to see. I want to see how Notre Dame bounces back from absolutely missing out. I think they've... Ohio State's going to be solid in the Big Ten, too. Yeah, you got Ohio State out there. But the Big Ten is kind of a sludge conference, so... It's I, hard to know what's going to happen. I think they can conference. get out of there. Penn State's got an interesting road I, there. I love, yeah, I love Guy Godowski and what he's done at Penn State. I think I've got... Boston College is a surprise. I've got Air Force as a surprise coming in. Uh, I think right now, I like the look of Boston College. Well, Boston I think College, it's Boston yeah. College against an NCAC And team. you look, and the pairwise, Boston College was just on the outside looking in last year. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of returning players on that roster, and it's Boston College. They are a team that, you know, for a number of years was kind of a perennial Frozen Four participant, so... You could be right on that. And it's East Coast hockey where they don't have to travel much. And when they get to the Frozen Four, they're not going to have to travel much. And that would be, that's a a totally sound pick. I'm just not going against the NCHC. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I've got Boston College against an NCHC team. I just don't know who they're going to have to play right now. Is it going to be St. Cloud? Is it going to be Duluth? Who's it going to be? I think it, I think I think it's another year where there's multiple NCHC teams in the Frozen Four. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, you mentioned Air Force there. And and that program continually in Atlantic hockey. Mm-hmm. In a conference Frank that's Sarat- throwaway. Former Lancer coach Frank Saratori, mm-hmm. what he's been able to do at a service academy with that program has been phenomenal. And yep. they're, they're a hard team to play. So You know, that speaks to the work ethic of just the way those guys are kind of Oh yeah, the, uh-huh. and cut and yep. with everything else that they have to go through outside of hockey, uh, those they're commendable young men. And like I said, it's it will be it a is, fun yep. team to watch. It definitely will be a fun team to watch. This is why we need like a we like need an NCAA package. So we I can do because like I would love to watch those conference. every once in a while. You get one of those games on ESPN three, and then or like CBS Sports. Yeah, and, and KXBO here in Omaha would mm. play that whatever the the syndicated outfit was that would play the, and it was fun to watch some of those uh, ECAC games. And those are games we just don't get to see that often. So right. it'd be really cool to be able to see that. So and they need to do. Teams you don't always get to see coming to Omaha. So. Right. So somebody out there, ESPN, somebody, you need to sign a deal and get all these teams on. So or just they just need to make their own package. I mean, they do. Like the National Women's Hockey League has a package, and the NHL yeah. has a package. And quite honestly, for I don't know what you cost. What like. 60 bucks, 100 bucks even. I mean, yeah. Like, I watch enough hockey that it get it's I would pay for, for me, that game. For and sure, if I, so. you know, if we were at a game, I'd watch them on demand. So, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pull them up on your phone. So, if you're listening, NCAA. Because I'm sure you are. Yeah. Of the inaugural MAV podcast. You were well, just we know everybody's going to be listening to this thing. So, <laughs> yes. yes, you guys need to get that done. Because so. Jason and I would like to watch it. So, we maybe you're only two customers, but hey, two customers. <laughs>
That's right. Don't, don't shun at us. So, well, thank you everyone for listening. I think, unless you've got anything else to talk about, I think we're uh, no. I think this. I think we. Up, I yeah. think this was fun for the first yeah. uh, Math Putt cast, and we I had a blast, right? We did. We absolutely. We had a great time, and uh, I hope I'm, all I'm the listeners a, had a blast. And yeah, and I think it'll be it. exciting as the season. Once the season gets underway, we'll have yeah. a lot more uh, to talk about as the yeah. as the race starts to unfold. So I'm very absolutely. excited, and I know you're excited. So. Yeah, very much so. So look for our next episode. We will get these out as frequently as possible. And if you got anything you want to say to us that's kind, we don't like like trolls or anything, so you guys can all just, you know, go heck. But if you got something good to say, Mavpuck on Facebook and the Mavpuck website, because they can get on the forum, right? Yes. And you can uh, tweet us at Mavpuck if you have any questions, because we would love to answer your questions in an upcoming episode. So yeah. that would be fantastic. You send us content and. If we like it, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. That would make our job easier having, you know, questions. We don't have to come up with all this stuff by ourselves. So, yeah. (laughs) And get distracted by shiny things. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Alerts on our uh, iPhones and all that. So thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon. Talk to you later, everyone.